Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I will get down on this podcast mm-hmm. and kiss your feet okay. if the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, all right. There you go. I'm saying right, you that got right that, now. Pete? Kiss your feet. Kiss my curries. Kiss my curries presented yeah. by Under Armour. The only way is through. Yes. Your nose. Um. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm one wow. game closer to kissing someone's feet. Oh, no. Mine. It's not good. My feet. Yeah, your feet. I know. It's horrible, but I just don't want to really, like, talk about it. They're still the ninth seed. All right? They still got a tough schedule. I didn't think they'd beat the Ravens yesterday, but what's up, everybody? Another exciting Sunday in the NFL. Week 13 in the books. Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. And, yeah, uh, I'm only going to kiss your feet unless you're wearing your curries, all right? So I'm yeah, not, yeah. I only kiss curries. I don't do that. I don't, well, I don't kiss Chuck Taylors. All fake. Right? They're fake Chuck Taylors. They are, They're not I even the tell. real ones. <laughs> uh, I don't even want that. I don't, I don't want you to do that. All right. So, well, then like, you, you should have came up with something better then. <laughs> I don't know. It's too late now. <laughs> that would be a worse nightmare, just like at that moment when you have to kiss my feet. Uh, but it's, it's still not going to happen, right? I mean, who knows? I, I mean, I don't I think so. No. But, hey, listen, I did not the think Steelers. they would win that game yesterday. I thought the Ravens would kind of win an ugly one. Um, but Oof. we'll dive into that in a little bit there either way. But, yeah, yeah that was one of the surprise outcomes, I think, of, of Sunday. That, I mean, let's, let's rank them, really. Sunday okay. surprise outcomes. That okay. Seahawks over Niners, right? Yep. Going to put in that category. Lions. Lions win, of course. And then I guess you top it off with, I don't know if there's another surprise out there. I didn't think the Chargers would win by 19 points. Yeah. But I think that's a little misleading regardless. Washington and Vegas, that was kind of a surprise. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an even coin flip type of football game. I did. Um, but but either way, you know, some good dr- dr- dramatics at the end of the game. Dramatics? Drama? What yeah. is it? Dramatics. Dramatics. Okay, the that dramatics were high. The dramatics were high. We doesn't made, sound right. For this podcast, it's whatever. I know, but dramatics what was were the other, high. What was the word last time that we were, I was talking and I said it? Oh, uh, man, I can't remember now. It was one of my rare right. times. One of your rare like, times where you misspeak, is yeah, that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. You're it's Mr. becoming Perfect. more frequent now as yeah. the year goes on. I'm wearing you. I'm wearing on you. <laughs> <laughs> you're slowly becoming more stupid. Oh, <laughs> and I didn't realize Yeah, we have a new Stefan Diggs bobblehead. Yeah, did you just see that? I just saw it. So that was put here. So Pete and I were out here earlier before you got here because we usually start, you know, you know, we'll let you behind the curtain. We start around, oh, I don't know, 11, 1045. Chris gets here about, you know, 12 or <laughs> 1.30. So we have a lot of time to talk before the podcast. I like that a and lot. And we just, yeah, all of a sudden this was here. Somebody. Note, Let's go Buffalo with yeah. Stephon Diggs riding the, the Buffalo. We, we have some Buffalo fans in the building. And, of course, Buffalo fans are crazy. We know that. So I, would be, I wouldn't be shocked. I can narrow that down, I think, to like two people okay. who I think would probably have put that there. 
and put Let's Go Buffalo. I like it, though. The, I like it a lot. The third jersey. You got the uh, alternate uniform on there. Yep. My man, Stefan Diggs, who's definitely one of my favorite people in the NFL. Yeah. I love being around Stefan. Been around Good him like dude. four or five times. Really awesome. Not having a huge year. Maybe, no, maybe. I know. And I don't expect to it to be a huge night tonight. I don't. Ooh, not right. against them. Don't give it away. That's the end of our podcast. Okay. Fine. All right. So, yeah, you looked at the games for, for this week, and you're like, all right, well, some compelling matchups. Maybe not all compelling matchups. But then you had a ton of great finishes, including the first game that we're going to talk about here. As always, we'll go through all the games for you. We will not shortchange you on any one of them. And we'll probably talk for too long on some of these games, yeah, too. Yeah, probably. That's, just what, That's we do. what we do. You know, we, we get in the weeds presented yes. by Under Armour. Right. Uh, so we start with some big wins in the AFC. And so let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. You are one step closer to kissing my feet uh, in this one. But it didn't necessarily look like that early on. I mean, this was a game where both offenses, it seemed like, were, were struggling. And yeah. I think, Kristen, we have something. The Steelers, the first three quarters, and then what they did in the fourth quarter here. So the first three quarters, the Steelers had... Three points, seven first downs, just 144 total yards. You're like, yep, Big Ben, still old. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter, 17 points, 10 first downs, 177 total yards. Deontay Johnson started going off. The Ravens stopped covering him. What happened in that fourth quarter for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think, you know, the uh, two things. Hey, they got in a little rhythm at the end of the football game. I don't know if Baltimore got a little conservative the way they played. I didn't really get that assessment. I do think they got maybe a conservative because they had some injuries at the corner position. Yeah. I think that hurt them a little bit. And, hey, you know, you just you flirt with playing man-to-man too much against Claypool and Deontay Johnson. You're going to get burned. They're just they're, – they're extremely talented. I mean, they, they are – They're star-wide receivers, and I think that's, you know, probably the thing that jumped out to me the most. They found, it seemed like they found a lot of ways to get the ball out of Ben's hand pretty quickly and, you know, let them make some plays. But whenever they got one-on-one, Ben is going to look to make a a play, whether it's a slant route, you know, a go route, back shoulder, something of that nature. Um, But, hey, it's like, it's the thing we talk about all the time. You know, felt like the Ravens were the better team on the football field for the better part of the day, but never could put a drive together or, you know, put a series of drives together to where they could really put the Steelers in a bad spot and put them away. And they just let the Steelers kind of hang around. Uh, Lamar and the the Ravens offense was inconsistent throughout the day. They were a little all over the place. And that let, you know, Big Ben and company finally find a little rhythm there. And uh, they did. They made some really nice plays in the fourth quarter. But it really did all come down to that final drive for Baltimore. And I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Uh, there were some big plays by Baltimore on that last drive. There was the third and 14. Lamar hit Hollywood for 22 yards. Then Duvernay for 18 yards. And then he hit Sammy Watkins for 13 yards. So right. now you're like, all right, where's this been yes. all game? They're down to the 11. Then a couple plays later, it was Watkins six yards out with 12 seconds left. Yep. You got a, uh, you're, you're down by one at this point. You have a chance to go into overtime. I know. I, I, Beat yes. the Pittsburgh Steelers right. in overtime. Right. John Harbaugh, he's, he's, he rolls the dice. This is well, what they do. They, they do. They roll the dice. They're analytics guys. They go for two. Yeah, they go for two. I mean, first off, hey, end of the football game. Both teams, what we're talking about here, I do think we need to hit on this a little bit yeah, because okay. I get this question all the time. Like, well, what took them so long to turn it on? It's not that they've turned it on. It's just they empty the kitchen sink there at the end of the football game, and defenses get so scared of playing an overly aggressive defense to let you make that one play to score the touchdown. They all kind of take the approach of let's make them work it and hope they make a mistake or maybe we can make a play and increase our probability of them making a mistake and us making a play. So that leads to like kind of what you were talking about. But like back to your main question there, 
I wouldn't have gone for it. Now you, you know you you explained to me last night. Um, would you tell you telling one of the guys on the crew like I'm I'm traditional. I'm not you that are. guy. You're you're uh, you're straight out of 1950s. I I am. Football. I mean, listen. I grew up 1980s Giants. Bill yeah. Parcells football. That's what I do. Yeah. Hey, I like some trick plays. He wasn't afraid to do that. But with that, you know, I just look at it like this. I think Baltimore's a better football team. I know they had no corners, and that's probably basically what it sounds like. Uh, John Harbaugh came the decision down. Yeah. But, but man, the Steelers' offense is shaky as has been all year long. Um. I do think you got the better team with the Baltimore Ravens. I, I probably would have just played for the tie and then gone into overtime. Win the coin toss, maybe Lamar makes it happen right yeah. there. I, I'm not mad at his logic, though. I understand it. I don't. You know, yeah, injuries in the secondary. Big Ben in the offense kind of caught fire in the fourth quarter. I think between those two things, I don't think it's a stupid decision. I'm just saying I right. probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, Marlon it's Humphrey, not a stupid decision. Marlon Humphrey out for the year, oh, it looks like. Huge right blow. Now. Huge blow. So, yeah, if that was on his mind, and we saw some blown coverages with Deontay Johnson getting open on his touchdown, so, I mean, that could certainly be a factor. And I do think you probably have the best team to go for two with Lamar Jackson. That's right. I, I mean, like, he... That's right. You almost maybe should go for two every time, I feel like. Well, yeah. You feel like you could have a handful of ten plays that Lamar Jackson can run from the two-yard line and get him. And with this play, if he makes a little bit better pass, one inch closer to Mark Andrews, they they win this game. Yeah, he had it. And then, you know, I think, you know, off that, we got to give T.J. Watt credit. He was first off phenomenal. Maybe the best player in the football field yesterday. But that that play right there, he affected it too. Not going to go in the stat sheet. But the fact that he didn't bite on the run fake, and stayed true to what he was supposed to do, you know, stayed high, didn't chase down the line of scrimmage, and put the pressure on Lamar, not only put the pressure on Lamar to probably rush the throw quicker than he was expecting, but also getting body parts in the throwing lane to where Lamar had to adjust maybe the way he wanted to throw the football. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge moment. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal player, and, you know, after yesterday, probably puts him in the, in the leader house, as they say. The smart people say leader house yeah. for the NFL defense MVP. Three and a half sacks. I know. Six quarterback hits, 12 quarterback pressures in the game for T.J. Watts. An NFL single game high this season per next-gen stats. And what? Lamar was sacked seven times overall. What happened there? Well, I think this is like, first off, two teams with great knowledge of each other. Yeah. That's the only thing that's always frustrating about trying to figure out who's going to win division matchups. Like, I'll be excited to see, yeah, what, what did Pittsburgh do to – get so open a few times in the fourth quarter like you're talking about yeah you know was it was it a, was it a truly a mess up or did they scheme something up where they knew kind of what the Ravens were going to do and this would expose them but I think the sacks and Lamar it goes down to this a little bit you know he he definitely missed a few throws uh, I thought there was a few times where I saw a few plays where I went oh, I think people are open in the background I don't know why he's not you know pulling the trigger there but ultimately too I I think their offense and you've heard me say this I think their passing offense you know, for smart defenses, is pretty easy to figure out where they're going to attack. It's not like, you know, breaking down the square root of, you know, 14,027. I, I don't yeah. know what that is, and nor will I ever. <laughs> it's not. You know, their they're, they're, they're number one weapon is Lamar, and the stress he puts you under with the run game and then his scrambling and the people you have to commit to stop that, you know, can lend itself to somewhat of an elementary pass game you know, being open more times than not because you have to defend those other areas. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see because, listen, I do not think a whole lot of this Ravens um, Ravens defense right now. I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and again, not that Lamar played bad, but, see, this is where I get back and do, 
and we've had this conversation a lot. I just don't, I don't know how good the Ravens are. I don't. I know they're never going to step on the field and not compete. I know they're never going to, like, they're always going to compete and have a pretty good game plan and play you close. I get that. I just don't know if they're a really, really good football team. I don't. The defense is just good. It's not great this year like we've talked about. And offensively, you know, like we're seeing here, if Lamar's not kind of on fire, yeah, they're just – it, it's not a great offense this year either. Not with some of the injuries in the O line, the injuries of the running back. It's a little too Lamar centric, as I would say. You know about him and some other teams out there. Where yes, if he doesn't get on fire or, or play awesome throughout the whole game, they can't win. And think about how many games they were really outplayed, and then Lamar was awesome in the fourth quarter, yeah, or the last quarter and a half to win a football game. Or Justin Tucker made an NFL or record. Or just to field make goal. A, exactly right. Yeah. They've had some things go their way where just I think phenomenal personal. You know, play has got them over the top in a few games. Tony Dungy said that this Ravens team is a yeah. good comparison. This Ravens team reminds him of last year's Steelers team. I, like I love the good he record. Said that. I got you, but yeah, you just you just don't believe in him. Do you agree with that? I, I do. I, I you know I haven't all year. I've been saying That's that. True. I just I don't I don't really know how good they are. Like I said, they're the Ravens. They have great belief. They're battle tested. They have a quarterback who thinks he, if he's on the field, he should win every game. So that goes a long way. But, yeah, I, I think there's flaws across the board here. And now you take Marlon Humphrey out of it. You know, again, Marlon Humphrey, I'll defend him to the day I die. Because, yeah, you, you know, you see some highlights every week where he's the one getting burned. They ask him to do everything. No corner in football gets to ask to do, to do more than Marlon Humphrey. So they're in trouble. Yeah, I think they're in trouble. I do, yeah. Because it's not a great pass rush. They kind of got to blitz to or, or do some creative things to create uh, problems in the pass game. And, yes, they're limited in, in cover guys in the back end. And the Steelers now the eight seed, I think, in the AFC. Yeah. So your opinion on the Ravens have a, hasn't changed that much because you haven't been super high on them. Are, are your, has your opinion on the Steelers changed? No, it has not. Okay. It's not. It's the, you know, you again, don't think you're any closer to I think this is a good feet. matchup for yeah. them. Yeah. You know, a team with not an overly explosive offense to, to take advantage of their struggling defense right now. And then not a dominant defense. You know, again, people look at Baltimore and they go, well, it's Baltimore. Their defense must be good. And I go, you know, it's 20th in football, right? And they're like, really? And I go, yes, 20th in football. That's what they are. You know, I think their scoring defense is probably a little bit better than that. But yards-wise, yeah, they're not as dominant that way. Um, I think it's a good comparison. I don't think anything different of the Steelers. And when I look at the Ravens, hey, they're 8-4. and four, There's no doubt about it. I almost want to make another proclamation to go, like, they're going to lose another game or two. Like I, I again, I don't think they'll be the number one seed for sure, and I don't know if I really expect them to be the number two seed in the AFC either. Hmm. You know, I, I just with their schedule, the way it looks down the stretch, the Browns, the Packers, the Bengals, the Rams, the Steelers, I could certainly see them losing two out of the last five, maybe three out of the last five. There's nothing here for me to sit here and go, oh, they're a dominant football team. They'll just wipe the floor with everybody. Absolutely not. So who was good in the AFC? We had that other big game. Chargers versus Bengals. Yeah. Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. Right. The top picks there, number six overall in 2020, number one overall. Chargers get the win, 41-22, in a really highly entertaining game. Uh, let's, let's take a look at Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow back-to-back -back because right. I think they both had uh, their moments that you see Justin Herbert just airing it out. He did have the longest completion, uh, according to next-gen stats, through the air, and you see it on your screen if you're watching on Peacock or on YouTube as well. Joe Burrow was able to hit a lot of passes, too, even with a dislocated, messed-up right. pinky finger on his throwing hand for basically all game, right? It happened early in the game. 
on a strip sack. Yes. First, one of the, the first drive of the game. First uh, drive of the game. Yeah, Chargers went down. Uh, they kick a field goal. I uh, no, they get the touchdown. They go for it on fourth down like they always do. Next drive, Uchena Nuwusu comes around the the backside of Joe Burrow, strips him, and I don't know if he dislocated it or broke it, uh, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. All right, so what do you think about the Chargers? They got off to that big lead. Yeah. They chargered a little right, bit. Right, they there, chargered. You're like, okay, you're going you're gonna to blow it. Right. You're fumbling. Austin Eckler had a couple in the game. You're like, yep. this is what happens, and now you got Joe Cool going to bring you back. How would it have been different if Burrow didn't have that broken pinky? I don't know. They couldn't establish a running game like they normally do, Cincinnati. Yep. Right. So how much credit do you give the Chargers for winning this game against a really good Cincinnati Bengals Well, game? I give them credit for their defense making some plays. Okay. You know, that, that's one thing I'll say. Again, the Chargers are another team that I would go under the conversation. I just don't know how good they are. You know, again, a little fortunate yesterday with how Cincinnati came out and played, and I don't want to take anything away from them. I don't. Hey, good first drive. You get a touchdown. Okay, now you get the strip sack fumble. It's 9 nothing. Now, wait. Oh, Jamar Chase is wide open for a 70-yard bomb. It looks like he's going to catch it and run for at least 50 and get them down a field goal target. What? He bobbles it, bobbles it, bobbles it, knocks it in the air. Interception. So I don't look at that and go like, oh, pure dominance by one team. Yeah. You know, a little bit of like one team – you know, messing some things up, not taking advantage of some opportunities. I understand the strip sack fumble. That's, hey, I give the Chargers credit. Your guy beat their guy. But, again, I, just, I guess I put them under the class of I'm just not sure what they are. I know they're dangerous with Justin Herbert and they can throw the football, but I still look at them and go, man, there's a lot of things I don't love about their football team. Like you brought up, like, hey, Joe Mixon and can get, get going running. Yeah. Well, you know, the Chargers were a little fortunate. You know, it's, it's, they got fortunate in the fact that they got up 24 nothing. The Bengals couldn't really get the game going to go balance offense, run the ball, play actions, boots. You know, now worry about all that. Oh, back to the run. Bam. Right. They never got it to that state. So they had to play a, a game, in fact, that, that really suited the Chargers once they got up 24 nothing. Chargers want you to pass the ball. Brandon Staley wants to be able to play his crazy coverages. They got some good pass rushers. That's where they want. Um so, you know, again, it's a tough read there. I still look at Cincinnati and think their potential as a team is better than the Chargers. I do. And, you know, again, you said it. Eckler made, had some big fumbles. So it's hard to get a feel for either one of those games. I would have yeah. liked to see that game be a little cleaner to where we could get a better feel for what they are. Uh, but it was exciting nonetheless. But I don't know exactly what they are. And like I said, I think the Bengals have more potential to be that complete team. But they have games where – yeah, they fall asleep at the wheel or they're just make their their playmakers make a few too many mistakes. That's led them to some losses uh this year for sure. And they're both 7 and 5 yeah. right now, the Chargers and the Bengals, so they are both in the mix in the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today. Yep. And if that were to happen, we'd need to hustle because we're not prepared for the playoffs to starting today. Uh Meerkat Manor tweeted damn okay to that Chargers run defense like you were talking about holding Joe Mixon to 54 yards yep. he said there are reasons for that yep there uh, is even though they're ranked 31st in the league they've been improving every week do you think they have been improving because I feel like that's been a story for a little bit now it's like oh that Chargers run defense is so bad and then at the, at the end of the week we're like oh wow they didn't gash him as badly as we thought they would well yeah I mean you know there's a Steelers game a few weeks ago where they played really well right yep. you know and the run game but again you know that, that, that's where you got to be careful you got to look at the whole thing and go yeah they played really well but it's a Steelers pass offense that's really basic mm -hmm. you know Steelers so were down big again Steelers so were down again so they the couldn't really stay yeah. patient but then you know again I know like it's been better from earlier in the year but you know uh, 
the Broncos ran for 150 yards just the week before against them. Okay. So that's yeah. I can't sit here and go, oh, it's fixed. It's yeah. better. Yeah. You know, again, it's it's been better. I don't know if I can sit here and tell you I have a ton of confidence in that it gets into playoff football and has to play some of the better legit running teams in the AFC. Are they going to stop it? I don't think I'm ready to say that yet. What is that from? Is that from just ability to stop the run? Is that scheme that you're just you're you're Playing the pass more like what is that? They, they don't have they enough the big run? people they in don't. the middle of their deal. That, that to me is something that I bet you. You know, Brandon Staley took over a scheme that was based on a team, a defense that was based on the Seattle scheme. Speed. We're going to shoot gaps, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to that gap before you are, and that's going to create chaos. He's Vic Fangio. That's where he's from. He's a little bit more of a three. You know, three four. You know, Bears with Vic Fangio, the 49ers back in the day. Yeah. Big people up front. I want some people that can play two gaps, so therefore I can, you know, be a little more versatile at how I move pieces around in the front seven. And I, I just don't think he has the personnel quite yet. You know, that Linvel jo- Joseph is, is getting up there in years. Jerry Tillery is a talented pass rusher, but he's tall and lean. He's not a run stopper. They just don't have those guys, and I, I would think they address that this offseason. Good news, uh, Joey Bosa left the game with a head injury. He was okay to come back. He just didn't come back in the game, though, but it looks like he he's fine moving forward. Big win for the Chargers. Big so, win. Uh, where are we with the AFC North? Our friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of NBC Sports, gives us our current odds. So Baltimore still the favorite. Now entering the week, they were minus 167. Now they're minus 150, so still the favorite, not by quite as much. Cincinnati was plus 190. Uh, they lose another plus 220. Uh, and then you have Cleveland and Pittsburgh there, the, the two long shots. So I think, what, what was it? Last week we went through it. Yeah. And the Bengals' schedule was, we thought, the hardest. The hardest, no doubt. The stretch here. Yes. So, I mean, Ravens isn't none – of the, none of them are that easy. They, they all got tough, tough schedules. You know, you look at the Steelers, they got the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens, right? So that's not going to be easy. We know that. You know, let me get to the Browns just to read it out so we could talk it out. Yeah. The Browns, you know, got the Ravens who are going to be pissed off. Then they got the Raiders, the Packers, the Steelers, the Bengals. So, hey, this thing is totally up for grabs still. I mean, it really is when I look at it. I, I can't sit here and tell you that I look at one team to go, oh, wow, they got the advantage. You know my thought about Cleveland? There's a ton of talent there to turn it around. You think they could still do it? I, I do. It's 6-6. Six and six. You know, they get to play the Ravens, you know, again. Uh, yes. You know, I, they, they get to play Cincinnati one more time, right? Yeah, at the end of the year, the last game of the year, they play uh, the Cincinnati and Cleveland play each other. So I do think they can still do it. Uh, I do. You know, I tend, again, like I will say last week, I haven't wavered. I tend to favor the Cincinnati Bengals. I do. You know, uh, them in Baltimore. That's the two teams I would go with still at this point. Yeah. You know, again, I, I look at Cincinnati and, you know, when they're at their best to me, like what we saw against the Steelers last week or the Raiders the week before that, to me they look like the most complete team when they play their best, don't make some mistakes. I, and I understand, right. like, listen, everybody's going to make mistakes. I get that. But – when it's their A-plus game, I think they look like the best team in the AFC North. But, again, they're, they're still young. 
You know, they don't know how to play. They're not necessarily battle tested. They're getting better in those departments, and they right. make mistakes like we see yesterday that cost them certainly. So my worry with Cincinnati would be the finger of Joe Burrow. Yeah, we so, need to get into that a little so, bit. So tell me about that. Yeah. So because I think finger. that would affect my bet here. If uh, this information is going to affect my bet, if yeah. I'm going to put money on the Bengals, I need to know that Joe Burrow is going to be able to bounce back. Yeah, Joe Burrow, and you know, listen, he he's a. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to look this up just to make sure I got this right too. Pinky finger of course very important, all right? It, it is. It's not like seems the like most the, important. It seems like it's just the one in the end. They get rid of it. Like well, it almost seems like at some point in the game Joe Burrow wanted to take that finger off. Well, it's a it's a control like, thing. I I, I'm it. double checking on my grip because I just I'm pretty sure he's an under as far as the pinky goes under the under Ooh. the laces, and uh, here we go. I got a picture. As opposed here. to on the laces. As opposed to on the laces. Exactly Ooh, right. He's so under. That, he could be an under the laces. He's guy. two and five, two and under five, like okay. this, right? Right. Oh, so he's under the laces. He's yep. got the only finger on it would be the ring finger. The ring finger, and to me, that grip there, yes, lends it to a little more pressure on the pinky. Right, because you got to press. You got nothing gripping it. So yep. to me, it's a lot of pressure on this ring finger, yep. and then that pinky finger. So most important finger is the ring finger. I would no? say without a doubt. Yes, ring In, okay. finger followed by, I'm going to say the thumb. Oh, okay. All right, because the thumb is if you can't really grip and squeeze with the thumb. Wow, you got to like lay the ball in your hand. You're kind of going to lose control. There's no way you're going to be quite the same. Right. So I would say that. Followed by the pointer finger probably being the next one. The middle finger is the one I feel like you can get away with maybe more than any okay. of the other ones. All right. But pinky, hey, nonetheless, whether it's broken, dislocated, that's going to be a difference too. You know, um, the, the, he's going to have to deal with pain when he releases the football. That's where it's going to bother him because when you throw the ball and you let your hand go limp, right, that's where it's really going to bother you. And then, really, he's just going to – we're going to see. Uh, can, can he really grip the ball? Can he squeeze it and control it the way he wants to? He's a naturally gifted thrower. I'm sure he'll be able to toy with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I can't give you a hard answer. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a pain in the ass here down the stretch yeah, for sure. We don't really know right now. No, right? we we'll, don't. We'll know a little bit later today, and you may know listening to this already because uh, Zach Taylor is going to talk to the media today about that about that pinky finger. But I mean, Read his lips Yeah. when he was on the sidelines. Whose? Whose lips? Joe Burrow. Okay. After the strip sack, he's on there, and he does say, like, I don't know if I broke it. So he wasn't, it wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. And to me, that would be like, oh, then maybe you didn't dislocate it. I never saw him, like, coming off with a and, – and a break, yeah. of course, would be – It could be both, right? Well, it if it's be broken, broken and... it's going to really affect your ability to squeeze the ball. Like, yeah. if it's dislocated, it might hurt when you squeeze the ball, but you'll be able to do it. But he was able to still play and still throw some yes, lasers out there. he did. He threw some good, fall, so, good balls. He had some ones that were kind of not – they're a little underwhelming, too. Yeah. He'll get it done. But I think it will affect him down the stretch. I All do. Right. So that's something to watch. Yep. Joe Burrow, if you're going to bet on the AFC North and the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you're going to bet uh, with points bet, you should do that right now because they're basically, Chris, giving away free money. Yeah, they are. Free money. Sign me up, okay? Okay. If you are in an eligible state, points bet has an exclusive sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. Download the points bet app. Use code UNBUTTONED. U-N-B-U-T-T-O-N-E-D, lowercase or uppercase, okay? <laughs> and to sign – all right, so let me read that line again. Yeah. Download the PointsBet app. Use code UNBUTTON to sign up. Yep. Bet $1 on any NFL game and get $125 in free bets What? if a point is scored. One yes, point? that's right. $1, 325 Sounds good to me. 
Don't just bet this football season. Live your bet life with Points Bet. And we got to hang out with Jay Croucher, the head yep. of trading from Points awesome. Bet, yep. on our show last night, Sunday Night Football Final on Peacock. He has uh, the deepest Australian voice I've ever heard. Oh, I think of all the Australian voices. Not that they're not deep. Yeah, his is the deepest. Yeah, well, no, he does. He has a deep voice. Deep and then voice. It's Australian, which makes it like the accent even thicker, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first few times I did it on videos with him. Yeah. And he said a few things. I wanted to be like, huh? Say yeah. again? What? Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. You guy. don't need to do that voice. You go. You don't need to do that voice. He's yeah. like, that is my voice. <laughs> uh, so he was in here giving us uh, yeah, some awesome. insight good on the dude. Monday night game that we'll use when we talk about that yes. coming up here Sounds in a little good. bit. So get over to Points Bet. Get your hundred and twenty-five free dollars right now. If you bet on the Chiefs to beat the Broncos Sunday night football, you won. Although maybe not as convincing as you would like. Although the Broncos didn't put up much of a fight in this game. Uh, Twenty-two to nine was the final score. We got a comment here from friend of the pod, Corey Joskowitz here, always writing in. Corey, good to see you once again. Damn okay, Chiefs defense went from one of the worst in the league to complicated and dangerous. What's the key to the change? Players learning Spags game-specific scheme changes here. Uh, Players improving. What percentage from moving Jones back to defensive tackle, uh, nose tackle, nose tackle, hashtag disruptive. So, Corey wants to know what's going on. The Chiefs, because yeah. we talked about it last night. Mm-hmm. We're like, which unit are you more impressed with with the Chiefs right now? And you said the defensive unit, and I think a lot of people agree with you. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, listen, I, I, I've been trying to say this for the last four or five weeks. I've been trying to say it since the 27-3 loss against the Titans. There was things that week. The Washington football game the week before the Tennessee Titans. I think we broke it down on the what the fuck happened Wednesday to go, look, Chiefs are different right here. You know, Hey, our our our, uh, our guy there who who asked the question, Corey. Corey. Yeah, I mean, he said a lot of good things. First off, I think they got the personnel right. You know, as far as finding the proper people in the secondary, Sorensen not out there, Thornhill in, right? Finding the right guys, Legarius Sneed, Charvarius Ward. I know Fenton didn't play last night, but those three have been their basic three nickel package, three corners on the field. They play a ton of nickel. You know, got healthy at uh, you know linebacker. So William Gay back out there, he's, you know, perfect for their defense, flies around. And, you know, schematically, I felt like early in the year they were trying to be a little too creative and disguise and do this. I feel like now they've gone from, wait, our base defense is in-your-face, man-to-man, people at the line of scrimmage, and you're going to have to make throws and plays and beat our corners, and we're going to have people in the box that at least equal your numbers in the run game or outnumber you, and they're going to play the run with that group. Added the Chris Jones effect in the middle. Jerron Reed's been better. Frank Clark, you know, he's finally, after early in the year, he was missing games and had his issues. He's starting to pop on a regular basis. So I think with all that, and then Spags figured out how he wanted to play with his group. So now where I would really say they're more basic on defense to a degree, with just a splash of Spag's creativity here and there when he knows he's got you in a situation where, okay, I can, you know, it's, it's third and long, I can do something crazy. Or he plays the numbers and just has a feel for, ooh, this personnel set they're going to throw, I'll do some crazy disguise. But I think that's the thing that jumps out to me is overcrowding the line of scrimmage, in your face, going to make you work for it, corners playing better. Jones inside is, as we've always talked about, one of the best there is in football. And uh, I think that would be my my sum up of of what they're doing. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing: is yeah. if you were to ask Andy Reid, you know, of course you want both units to be playing at a high level. Yeah. But if you said, "All right, what if I told you that at some point in this year your defense is going to be playing better than your offense?" You'd probably take that. 
he would. I mean, he probably would. He would probably be thinking, wow, they'd be playing outstanding, and my <laughs> offense will still be really yeah. like outstanding too. Right. But instead, he's getting all defense that's really good, borderline outstanding, and – I mean, as average offense as you can get right now. They're just now. missing so many plays. Right. Where it's just like Tyreek Hill over the middle, uh, just a little off. Uh, Kelsey open in the flat, just a little bit off. Right, like we showed last night. Yeah, yeah I mean, the 10-yard out route, he throws it at his feet. Like, you're, it's a slam dunk. You know, it's, you go to Ramapo High School, the quarterback's going to hit it. I can't believe Patrick Mahomes misses that on third down. Not miss it, but miss it egregiously. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're, they're, great first drive. You know, which is what they do right now. They're they're very comfortable in their first fifteen. You know, Andy's got some plays. The enemy's got some plays that stress the defense out. They've discussed it for two days in a row, so they really know how they want to execute. Off defenses are somewhat a little conservative sometimes in the first drive too. They want to feel you out, get a feel for how you're attacking, so they don't make necessarily adjustments that way. You know, right away. So I think that lends it to that. But I mean, you know, after that, okay. Second drive of the game. They get a field goal. That's great. That's, that's cool. And that put them up, what was it, 10-0 10 there? 10-0 right away. Yeah. Okay, great. 10-0 field goal. But here's the point I want to make. You know, big pass, um, a few plays before the field goal, down the middle to Pringle. He's going to catch a slant, short post down the middle, and be running and get down to the five-yard line, if not score. Get down. The- nope. So that, there goes that. Have to settle for the field goal. And then he had the drop on third down, I think, later in the drive. So you missed that. Third drive of the game, hey, you know, there's always one or two plays they seem to mess up like you're talking about. Third drive of the game, Tyreek's open, down the middle of the field, 50-yard gain. We think, we think Mahomes' arm got hit when he throws the ball. They show the replay three times. It didn't. He just, I don't know, missed a throw. Tyreek was wide open. He's on the sideline frustrated. So now there's that drive. You know, you start the second half out, you got – you got two drops on the first drive. I mean, Tyreek misses the RPO slant. He should have caught that one. The second one, I'm not going to totally blame Tyreek. You know, Mahomes throwing it sidearm. The ball kind of sailed on him. It was mm-hmm. a tough catch for Tyreek. Interception, you know. So you missed that. You know, and then, then the next drive after that, they get a field goal drive. But there was two missed throws at the end of the drive. I think one of them was um, the one you're talking about to Kelsey on the out route. How about the play? I think it was the play before. He's got Pringle on the shallow cross. Nobody's covering him. Throws it sidearm. Pringle can't even get an arm on it. So, you know, it's it's mistakes that I don't. I can't even really sit here and go. I don't know. This is yeah. where I've gotten into. Mahomes is not the same this year. He's still awesome and dangerous. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the magical guy we saw. He's not creating as many plays off schedule. And then the plays that are on schedule, he's a little all over the place with the decisions and the throwing of the football right now. And that's where I just think I'm shocked, and I'm sure Andy Reid is shocked too. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, there was the injury at the end of last year, right? And you've I talked still about it. He doesn't look the, the same here. No, he but does not. Is it possible that do quarterbacks just have a bad throwing? Can you just have a bad throwing year? You can. You can be out of sync throwing a year. There's no doubt. You're, 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 you're not, like, wrong with that. I've got. I remember getting into years where, again, I wasn't playing a ton, right? But where I would be the backup, and I'd go through a stretch where I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Like I'm throwing it good. A lot of people would like the normal person probably wouldn't know. Yeah. But I knew, you know, some of my receivers knew. Like, man, he's missing some throws in practice. He usually just stripes it in there. Like, no doubt, no problem. And yeah, you can definitely have years where, you know, it's just during the season. 
you don't have enough time to rep some of the bad things you got in your mechanics to kind of get it out of your system. Right. Or you might not even have the right person to kind of dissect it and figure it out right yet either because you're worried about playing and getting ready for a game plan and all that. So I think that's a very good question by you, and I think it's a very real thing. There's no question. It still feels like every week they could kick it into gear. They could finally figure it out. They, Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden will Well, we've seen it. I mean, we saw it two it. weeks ago. That's true. the Raiders, right? That's true. I know. Yeah. So we like, we know what's with, within them. Still but a dangerous team. I mean, they get in the playoffs. Team. Yes. No one's going to want to play the Chiefs. No. And the defense, the way they're playing, and Andy Reid game planning and all that. Hey, what I want to continue to see, and what I don't understand, I like to see Mahomes underneath the center. I want to see more pre-snap movement like you heard me say during the game last night. Where's the Tyree kill speed sweeps and the movement that way? You know, create some mismatches uh, that, that way to me would be something that I would really, you know, want to see. I mean, and that to me right now, they're a little stagnant, and I don't know exactly what their identity is on offense. And, hey, they, they won last night, yeah. no doubt, but it wasn't a pretty win. No. And we were sitting there, what, 16-3? to 96-yard drive, right? Was that right before half? Right before with the First Denver half Broncos. With the Denver Broncos? Yep. You know, kick the fucking field goal, Dick like Fangio. 11. Well, that's, yeah, that's your 1950s football coach. I know, there, but bro. see, this is where I go crazy, and this is where I'm going to push back. Uh-oh. If you want to beat the Chiefs, you got to score touchdowns. you got to score touchdowns if you want to beat the Chiefs. Why? What the fuck are we talking about? A narrative from two or three years ago? No. They won 19-9 to the week before. They won 22 to 9 yesterday. They won 13 to 7 the week before the Raiders game. They won 20 to ugly fucking 17 the week before that. Kicking field goals can beat Kansas City right now. That I don't get. I don't. I mean, I, I just I didn't understand that decision by Vic Fangio. To me, long drive like that before the half. Yeah. You got to go in with some momentum. You're down by 10. And do that. 10 3. It was 10 3 at the time. It was 10 3 right? at the time. I could think have been you're right. 10, could have been 10 6. Yeah, is that, yeah, am I right? Yes, you're right. <clears throat> so th- at that and, and normally I'm, it's wrong. Normally yes, it's I ten, am. Yes, like I like this whole. But you're with me on forth, this one. But I'm with you on this one because yeah. you know long drive. You do kind of feel like you have to Make get something point. there. And at the end of a half, you lose the benefit of pinning them deep in their own territory. Yes, right. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. Even though even though Denver still tried to call timeouts as if it did matter. And right. And they got the ball back with four seconds at midfield. And, and almost, almost threw an interception. Almost threw a pick six right. the other way. Right. Um, so it's like you just uh, – that didn't make sense to me. And Vic Fangio is from the 1950s. What's going that's on? Right. It's that's gotten where, to him too. That's where I'm shocked. I'm, I mean, I'm shocked. I don't know anybody to say it. I, I was. That great drive, nothing to take away from it. Like you said, the game's 10-3, go 10-6. It seemed like at that point you had a little bit of a handle of their offense, Right. I mean, so go with it. I mean, they hadn't scored a point since the first quarter. Go with it. Um, But, you know, of course they didn't, and I thought that was a a big moment in the football game. Two final things. Give credit for Denver. Javante Williams steps up, up, taking the big part of the role without Melvin Gordon there. 102 rushing yards, 76 receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. He's the best running back. He should be the starter. He should be the starter. He should be the starter. No disrespect to Melvin Gordon, who's really good, too. But they're paying Melvin Gordon more money. Yeah. So they're going to use a little wear and tear on his tires to save yeah, Javante yeah, yeah. Williams. I understand Never that. Never the worst idea not, not to load it all on one exactly guy's shoulders, right. You're too. You're exactly right. Uh, and give credit to Teddy Bridgewater for trying to make a tackle on Sorensen on the on the pick six. So he learned from his mistake kind of Dre, uh, Sly. I think that was still a limited effort. What do you mean? He threw his shoulder, his whole body, 
Teddy's so, just a very light man. I apparently, I know. I mean, yes, but no, I mean, no. Again, I I would still sit there and tell you most guys would have got their body in front of the ball carrier to make sure he falls over you and not just throwing a shoulder, throwing the shoulder into his side. Like, let me just knock him hard. That's yeah. not going to get it done when you're a 190 pound quarterback. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like that about Teddy. I can't lie. It's just plain and simple. I thought I thought he gave good enough effort okay. there. He threw. It I mean, okay. and Teddy's a small man. What if he would have gotten hurt there? He'd have been like people like, see, all I right. shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, he's given up points on a every other week basis right now all right the Chiefs scoring just enough points to get victories here 22 to 9 the final score against the Broncos and that takes us to a segment we like to call damn okay presented by Under Armour okay damn I'm okay damn I'm okay yeah no I mean yes I'm okay the legal gambleizing oh baby I am Chris Sims I'm okay damn okay Damn okay, and we start with Kyler Murray. He's back. He's back. The NFL is better with Kyler in the NFL. Definitely. Right? Yeah, better with Definitely. him playing. He was Nobody's back. played better than Kyler Murray this year. What? Nobody's played better. If he in didn't miss games, NFL. he'd be the slam dunk MVP right now. But he missed really? games, and I think it's going to be tight now. Yeah. I, that's the way I feel. I mean, really. I mean, what's the worst game he played all year? The Green Bay game? I don't know. I'm trying. To, I know trying to it's not now. really a you've, game he's played poorly me. in, right? Yeah. No, you're to right. me, he would he would really be in the leader house for MVP if he hadn't missed, you know, a month of the season. Well, best uh, you know, best record in the league that always yeah, helps. That's what I mean for these uh, weapon. First Cardinals quarterback with two touchdown passes, two rushing touchdowns in a game since Josh McCown. Wow, since the great Josh McCown in 2004. Hey, Josh was a good athlete. Um, uh, <clears throat> so. Sorry, this is where I choke on my energy drink once a pod. Good, good. Uh, So he was back first time since October. DeAndre Hopkins was back first time since October. So they're back on the field playing together. First drive, they go down there. They go fourth and two, get the touchdown. Uh, And so they rolled. I I don't know how much we learned about Arizona. The main thing is you want to see if they're healthy and they can play the rest of the year. Did you see that from Kyler? Did he look limited at all? Did DeAndre Hopkins look limited at all from what you saw? No, no, it did not. You know, the only thing that was limiting, I think, was, you know, again, hey, the Bears defense is still respectable, respectable, I should say. And they were respectful to Kyler letting him score those touchdowns. Right. And, you know, it was a tough day as far as, like, you know, the cold, rainy, wet day in Chicago. Not necessarily the day you look at to go, well, I think they're going to light them up through the pass game and just make it an air show. Yeah. You know, again, I think the Cardinals, what it comes back to is, you know, they have so many positives. In fact, it's hard to really find negatives. They're coached well on both sides of the ball. They're creative. They have versatility on both sides of the ball to match up with different teams. And then they got playmakers galore. I mean, that's just a good, it goes back to it. You know, yesterday, hey, you know, yeah, you can't make Andy Dalton third play of the game, miss a wide open shallow crosser and throw an interception. You know, that, that started it off to like, uh-oh, here we go. Wait, you're going to jumpstart Kyler and company early. Hopkins wasn't even out there in warm-ups. Now he's in there catching the touchdown on fourth and two. Here we go. Oh, hey, hey, everything's great. Let's go. You know, Bears answer. Have a good drive down the field. Throw a ball right into Cole Komet's chest. He kicks it up in the air. Interception, yeah. right, by Buda Baker. Yep. So, you know, those are the type of things that – one, you can't do against Arizona, but what I also want to say is Arizona seems to do these things to teams every week, and I think it's because of their talent on the field and their scheme, and the game is a little more chaotic than what teams look at on film all week and go, right, they're good, but I think we can beat them. You know, I think Arizona is one of those teams, teams get on the field and go, whoa, fuck, 
they're fast and the field seems smaller and they make a lot of plays. And that's, you know, you see that every now and then with teams that are really talented like that, where you see like, wow, how come they always get these type of mistakes? And you want to go, you know, I'll think of like the Rams defense that went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, the Broncos of 2015, you know, the Seahawks, of course, in the Legion of Boom. Um, the Jaguars when they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Patriots. You know, that stuff happened to them because it's it's it, you know, guys are, oh, gosh, it's it's Arizona. Let me drop back and get out of my hand quick. It's a good pass rush. They do creative stuff. You know, you just do things like that yeah. that lend to you playing not your best game too. Uh, Goon de Goblin says, damn okay, the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, they are. You're willing to go there. I am willing to go there. I am. Um, I guess who else would it be? No, right there's really point? not. I know. I know Packers. Green Bay beat them head to head, and I still would sit there and go, Arizona was the better team on the field, and they just messed the game up. You know, I, I, but the Packers, of course, are in there. You know, Tampa is the only team I look at that can just go talent wise, yeah. like toe to toe with Arizona across the board when they're healthy. Um, but yes, I clearly will give Arizona, you know, the best team in the NFL, the most consistent throughout. Yeah. yeah, you lost that game. Their other loss was um, Colt McCoy and the Panthers at home where they let the yeah. game kind of just slip away from them early, had the stupid fourth and one they went for in their own territory. Mm-hmm. They kind of jump-started Carolina. But, yeah, I, I think they are the best team in football. And they have, like you mentioned, those losses came at home. So they have been very good on the road. In fact, they're undefeated on the road 7-0, and first time in franchise history, all seven wins by 10 or more points. In fact, they're winning by... 16 and all those road games this season so away from phoenix they're playing very well you mentioned the defense to jordan hicks had 13 tackles two sacks in this game but Baller. we got k1 since day one saying please give safety jalen thompson from the cardinals some love he's arguably better than buddha baker this year oh you like buddha baker so let's see what you well, say I, i've been saying this a little i've, I've brought up jalen thompson a few times over the last few weeks and he, he is he's he's a really awesome player you know he's He's more athletic than Buda Baker. I'm not going to say he's maybe the fierce in the box thumper that Buda Baker is that way, but he's better in pass coverage. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's a guy that classifies as having like two or three rockets up his ass. He can mm-hmm. really fly. He is. He's just another piece of that defense where you go, wow, unbelievable in the back end, unbelievable linebackers. Jordan Hicks, of course, a part of that group. And then their damn D line. Yeah, there's not a lot of things to look at at their team. Again, when we talk about like some of the AFC AFC teams, where we go, ah, there's they got a weakness that bothers me. I, what is Arizona's weakness? I don't really know. Just you know? haven't been there. That's it. The, You're that's right. It. Just haven't been there. Haven't been in games like the Packers on Thursday night football. Yeah. Right. I think that's the only thing they got. I'm gonna get used to. I think that's a great point by you. That's about it. They're not battle tested. They're not used to being on the top of the mountain. But I mean. You know, talk about defense. They can get big if they want to play a running team and be physical. You know, pass defense, they're through, they're through the roof good. I mean, Vance Joseph is extremely creative. Offensively, you and I talked about it last night a lot. Like, they can do a lot of different ways to beat you on offense. James Conner, run the ball between the tackles, catching yeah. the ball out of the backfield. You know, Kyler Murray's running ability. Getting Rondale Moore more involved. Yeah, yeah, they got the short passing game and some reverses and things that always keep you honest, yeah. let alone we know they can throw and push the ball down the field. And that's where Arizona is, you know, really dangerous. Yeah, and last thing on this one, who will be a good coach to take Justin Fields to the next level? Let's just assume this is it for Matt Nagy. Oh, yeah. 
who is going to be the coach mm. of the Bears next year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, that, that's we should have this conversation. I kind of went through this. The teams are like all the the coaching candidates that are out there uh-huh. that I think should even be in the conversation. I mean, do you want me to go through this? Uh, it should be a long exercise. Should, should we wait? We'll say all it right, later. Pete's saying well, this is a tease. This is a deep. It's tease. a tease, but yeah. But let's just give him this. Is this it for Matt Nagy? I think so. I think it should be. Again, I don't think you're going to get the most out of Justin Fields with Matt Nagy as your exactly. As That's your, what I was thinking. Yeah, your head coach slash offensive coordinator. All right. There's just lack of ideas. So table that. Table the discussion of who the next man should sure. be. It just won't be Matt Nagy. It won't be Mario Cristobal too. He's going to Miami. Is that Oregon. right? Yeah. Breaking news. Wow. Yeah. Mario Cristobal. News. Yeah. Oregon coach? Oregon coach is going to Miami. Wow, okay. All See right. if he can turn that around. So you didn't know that. You might get some breaking college football Interesting. News. Tell your friends that like college football. Hey, he's a good coach. I don't like his offense and the, the, what they do up there. Yeah, I mean, that's not what, do more with uh, Justin Herbert. Well, that's what, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I'll take away. Just studying that that year coming out in the draft, I kept going, ooh, I don't like that offense. In fact, it cost Justin Herbert probably being the first pick of the draft. Right. Or at least the second pick of the draft because it just didn't look right, and it wasn't him. It was the offense. Number one overall pick back in the day, Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. The Rams got got right. Got they right. They got right against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 37-7. You might go, oh, yeah, it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they've given some good teams some trouble this You're year. Right. You're right. Gave no trouble to the Rams in this game. Uh, the Rams got up early thanks to a James Robinson fumble. So it was basically handed to them from the get-go. And then as the game went on, the Rams got rolling, and they started slicing and dicing up to Cooper Cup. We saw Van Jefferson, I believe, with yeah. a big one there, yeah. touchdown. Odell Beckham even got in on the act. I think they designed to play for him there near the goal line. Right. So for the Rams, this is like a glorified practice. Well, yeah. I mean, again, they're, they're in a different class. I think yeah. you're right than Jacksonville. But, you know, Jacksonville, like you said, they've, they've been a pain in the butt for a lot they of have. teams and hang yeah. around. They hung around this one for a little while. They did. There is some talent on the Jacksonville team. Their, their issue is their offense. Their offense just has no consistency. It's a young quarterback. You know, they got some, they've had some injuries at wide receiver. You know, just, there's no identity to that side of the ball yet, certainly. And they were overwhelmed, I think, by the Rams defense as a whole yesterday. But, yeah, you know, hey, struggling team. Rams, yeah. Oh, hey, they get a field goal drive. Okay, then you come back, like you said, first play. James Robinson fumbles. Yep. You know, you give them momentum. You get them a little juice going to get right, certainly. The thing I liked about the Rams yesterday is Stafford was underneath center more. There was more of a let's let's run the ball and be patient with it a little bit more. And to me, it just makes – it gives their offense a little bit more versatility. Now, of course, they didn't turn the ball over early in the game to where they were down two scores and had to abandon – you know, abandon ship on their game plan. Um, but I think when they can play that style of football, they're going to be really dangerous because then you get into, oh, wait, we got to stop the run. Ooh, Stafford and McVay have a few tricks in the run game and then, of course, the play action. And the drop-back pass game is very good. So uh, that's what I think I like to see yesterday. Yeah. You know, Stafford, I didn't see many throws where I went, ooh, I can't believe he missed that. In fact, I can't think of one yesterday where I went, ooh, I can't believe he missed that. And uh, they got to got to back to to dominate in the line of scrimmage and not being just a drop back pass football team, which is hey they can't be that they yeah. need to they need to have a little balance on the offensive. I think side that's of the ball. a good point. It goes yeah. hand in hand. So Stafford, 
yesterday as opposed to the three games before. It does look like he got right. We talked about possible injuries. You know, he's always had back issues. Yeah, the last he's few beat years up with Detroit. He's, he's beat, beat up. up probably. I know he is. I know he's got an elbow. I know he's got an ankle. I know he's got a little knee. Well, yeah, he's got them. He's yeah. got all of them. Well, he's got. They all got bruises on them oh, too. Okay, is what I'm trying it. to say. There, yeah. There's real. I know he's he is beat up. He's trying to be the good soldier. And not make excuses, and I respect that about Matt Stafford. He's always been like that. To he your has. point, even Detroit. Well, oh, I got a broken, broken bone in my back. Oh no, excuses! Everybody's hurt this time of the year. <laughs> no, your back is literally fucking broken. You're yeah. playing. Yes, you know he, you got to respect him for that aspect. But how much did this help him? Sony Michelle, 121. Yes, rushing yards, third highest of his career, most since 2018 with New England. And get this, he faced eight or more men in the box on 50 percent of his carry, tied for carries, tied for the second highest rate in the NFL this week. So it looks like, at least on paper, the Jaguars were trying to stop the run and still could not do it. Yeah, no, they could not do it. And, you know, well, McVay was patient with the run in the first half. It was maybe not, like, overly successful, but he hung in there with it to the point where I think Jacksonville was like, okay, we, we can't play past the events. we got to get down here and stop this, or they're just going to bleed us to death here, you know, with short passing game and running the football. Um but but to me that that is one of the keys to McVeigh and everything that they do the Rams football team, you know if they can control the clock a little bit, score touchdowns, give their defenses seven and ten point leads, you know that's that's when their defense is going to thrive too. Uh, but yeah, this is something we've kind of been beating the beating the table with the last few weeks. Rams, you know, run the football a little bit just to to keep people off your drop back pass game, and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and OBJ can tear you up. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Yeah, Rams chasing the Cardinals in the NFC West, and they get a game on the San Francisco 49ers because they lose to the 3-8, and eight, now 4-8, and eight, Seattle Seahawks in a game that was a highly entertaining game, back yep. and forth, some big plays, Russell Wilson uh, back on the field, uh, maybe back to his old self. But I want to start with something that a lot of the 49er fans were tweeting out about this, and I don't know Ooh, if you saw it. I didn't, I promise you. It was not the fourth down play. It was the third down play. Last uh, second to last play of the game for the right. 49ers there, where basically a defensive back held Trent Sherfield in the end zone. Yeah, and a lot of 49ers fans remember it. are right. saying right. that it should have been pass interference. And we've seen this, and we'll talk about it with the Raiders game too, where there seemed to be clear pass interference at the end of a game. It does seem like officials are it's called a different way all of a sudden. The last three minutes of the game, in the I, last I, I, that's what I don't like. You know, again, officiating was horrible yesterday. Don't know what other way to say it. Dang. Horrible, inconsistent, no common sense at all. I mean, none. It's, it's just lacking. I don't. It's, some of these, again, I don't know. Some of these refs, they they got to make them watch more football during the week. You know, I mean, I'll go back to again Thursday night football. A pass protection by a fullback got called for an unnecessary block going back towards your own goal, blindside block going towards your own goal line. He's fucking pass protecting. I mean, if we're going to call that, then we're going to call every left and right tackle in football for blindside blocking every play because once the lineman goes past them, guess what? They're going towards their own goal line and blindside blocking. So, damn, 
Let's just stop the game and just fucking throw penalties and let teams go down the field that way. I'm so sick of the refs in the NFL. I don't know what to fucking say anymore. They're horrible. It's horrible. The league has issues. If they don't go full-time refs, you know, then they're just a bunch of fugazis. You think that would fix it? I do. They have to. I mean, these guys, how invested are they all week? Now they're doing their other job today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day? Like, no. This is what they should be doing. NFL's making $97 zillion a year. Pony up the fucking money to check vaccination cards and then also pony up the money to have full-time refs and have people check the inflation of the football. Like, it's, it's pennies for them, but they're trying to squeeze pennies so the owners can be not have a billion dollars, have a billion and one dollars. They got every dollar they got to yeah. fuck over the world for. Yeah. That, well, yeah. that's, a, that's, an, epic, that that's an epic rant. It right was. There. It does it. I'm glad we got that Good. into the podcast. I couldn't help it. In this specific plane, I know, I know you don't. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> I know you haven't. I don't think you've seen this play necessarily, but it did seem like Sherfield just kind of went up the field. He didn't run much of a pattern. Right. And the defensive back was just kind of like gripping him, holding him for a second here, which I almost feel like if you're going one way or the other and they got to grab you and grab your jersey and you got a jersey pull right there, maybe it's more prone to be called. Um, it just seemed like Trent went in the end zone and stopped there. I got. I know. I need to see it again. You do need to see I, it, yeah. I mean, yes, but you both, the way you're explaining it to me too is like you know, he he kind of was just standing in place like a little a bit. He just went down, you know, seven yards. Did and he was try to sell place. it or anything like that? No, you know, again, we're we're yeah. in the show and I'm watching, I know, but I can't I see the details and the replays. Maybe we'll look in at it Wednesday. Maybe we we'll will. Look at we will Wednesday. definitely look at it Wednesday. Hey, I will say this on fourth down. He probably he looks like he's going to have the guy the short route underneath. Still had a chance on fourth down. Yeah, yep. the fourth down, the next play, he's going to have it. But hey, Carlos Dunlap does a good job of getting their hands up. And hey, what what I would do to sum up this football game? Yep. Hey, one thing is, hey, Russ Wilson and company look better. The one thing they did that I liked is they attacked the corners of the 49ers, which I don't know why more teams don't. This. Your guy's better than their corners. Just throw out routes, comebacks. They did a little of that, so I respect that. I like that, but. You know, a little bit, you know, the 49ers, like the Chiefs, I want to say a little bit, they got that disease this year where I thought it was out of them the last few weeks, but, you know, it wasn't. You know, kind of controlled the football game. We're doing good things. And at the end of the second quarter, the game fell apart. I mean, fell apart. And it was never the same after that. I mean, it completely fell apart, I think, on the the eight-play, 65-yard drive where they get the touchdown before the half to make it 23-21, all right? That, to me, is where two roughing the passer penalties and one big throw got them down there, and it just started this onslaught of 49ers' mistakes. Mm. Now, I know Seattle made them, too, but for my money, watching the game, the 49ers were the better team on the football field. They were. You fumble the opening kickoff. Okay, yeah, you dodge a bullet because Gerald Everett drops the ball and kicks it in the air. You should have scored a touchdown. But then 49ers get a safety two plays later, you know. Some of Garoppolo's interceptions. I mean, hey, I really, both were pretty bad, actually. Now that you know, if I if I think about it, um, so you know, the one over the middle, the the Bobby Wagner was pitiful. The one down the middle, the Kittle, who was on fire yesterday. I mean, it was a bad decision, and he sailed it ten feet over his head. Yeah. Uh, so they they made a number of mistakes yesterday to you know not give them a you know not give them their best effort to, to win a football yeah, game. Yeah, and it wasn't like Seattle played perfectly. Like you mentioned right there, Everett with the kick up into the air. I mean, that should have been a touchdown for Seattle. Two and other then, fumbles. Right at the end of the game, Seattle's driving for another touchdown. Everett fumbles again. Going to put it away. There. So right. it's like there were – I mean, that's not a perfect game for Seattle. No. They did 
have that uh, homer with Travis Homer at 73 yard on the punt fake. I think that was a cool call early in the game there. So Pete Carroll knowing things are getting late early for the Seattle team and trying to make something happen there. Um, but for the 49ers, and this comes from Burn Unit, he says, self-scout thyself, Sims. You've been praising Jimmy while ignoring his poor ball placement and leaving yards on the field the previous weeks. Now he contributed to the loss. He should not be back next year. Well, I don't think you have to worry about that. I'd, I would doubt he's back unless they win the Super Bowl. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of faith in Trey Lance well, right now. I think they're waiting. They want to make sure he's greased up and ready to go before they unveil him. They don't want to be every little thing he does, be scrutinized and go, why did you trade three reverse round picks for him? I think they're waiting now to just go, let's get him ready to go so we don't have to hear that kind of talk conversation. Listen, Jimmy is what he is, you know. I don't, I don't know. Yes, he's played solid the last few weeks. Ball placement, great throws. I mean, th- that doesn't really go great with Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't put those things in too many sentences. What I, he gets the ball out of his hands quick. He throws the ball in the pocket under pressure very well. That's where I get him. Leaving yards and being off target, yes, that's been his M.O. since he's been in San Francisco, you know. And, again, you know, when I was trying to tell people he was the 19th best quarterback when they were going to the Super Bowl, I'm a fucking idiot. Now everybody wants to tell me he's worse than that. You're giving him too much credit. Mm-hmm. And that's right. It's just like you can't fucking win sometimes. This is the life of being Chris It, it is a little you're bit. You're either too you know, high or too low on yeah, a player. Yeah, I mean, you were right when you were right, but now you're not right, so you're <laughs> a little wrong. I mean, it's just like uh, – yeah. so, yes, but, hey, uh, he, he is a, a little bit better than a game manager. Okay, he's got a little bit better feel than your typical game manager. You know, he has played. He can see down the middle of the field. He can make some throws into some tight windows. But yes, game changing, off schedule plays, rockets, lasers. No, that's not part of Jimmy G's game. No doubt about it. And George Kittle had a big game back for him. Couple touchdowns down the sideline. I mean, looked awesome out there as a playmaker. But Diogo Mendez says shout out to the Seahawks D for shutting down the 49ers the whole second half. And he goes Debo is more important to them than Kittle. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not trying to pat myself on the own, my back, own back here, but this mm-hmm. just keeps going. I, I, I think for the last four weeks I've been trying to say Debo Samuel is the best non-quarterback as far as importance to their team in football. Yes. He's over a, any running back? Over anybody. Which he There's might be. There's nobody more important. Right. He's a running back yeah. and a receiver. You know, he is. He creates a lot of mismatches. He, Shanahan missed that aspect about it. You know, like we talked a little yes last week, you know, you think, oh, wait, it's Ayuk and Samuel and Kittle and then Juszczyk at fullback and Wilson at running back. Wait, oh, they put Debo at tailback. Now they have two fullbacks, and it changes the way we have to play them. So they've been able to play this game lately of mismatching personnel that has really exposed, you know, defenses and – you know, again, this goes back a little into division rival. They know a few of your tricks and what you like to do when mm-hmm. they line up in certain defenses. And, hey, I'll give the Seahawks always credit for the fact that they play hard. There's no doubt about it. And they're hard to score touchdowns on. Yeah. If you don't score outside the red zone, you get down in there, they're going to play coverage and make it tough on you, and I give them respect for that. Last thing, this was Russ's uh, get-well game. He's back. And Definitely now, look better. And now they make a run. They win out. They go nine and eight, squeak into the playoffs. Ooh. Po- is it possible? I, I mean, it, it's possible. Uh, listen, I, I I have the ultimate respect for Seattle and their battle testedness, yeah. and but I and I don't think it's really possible. No. no, I don't. You know, they got. Let, let's look at it. The Texans next week. Yep. Okay, we'll win. give them the win. Then they got to go play the Rams. 
I don't like their chances. Okay. They got the Bears at home. Win. They'll win sixteen to thirteen, knowing them. You know, they're and it's the Lions at home. And that'll game Loss. will be sixteen thirteen too. Loss. Loss. And they got the Arizona Cardinals at the end of the year. Right. So no, I mean listen, it's not crazy. Can I sit here and look at them? You know, for them, if they went four and one, you know, four and one Eight and nine, no, I don't think that's going to get it done. So they need to go five and zero. Oh. Need to win out. They're going to have to beat the Rams in LA. That's the game I look at. They might get lucky and have the Cardinals having to play for nothing week eighteen. Okay, so it all comes down to that Ram- win I next. Like the Rams week. games I look at right, and then the Rams. That's right. their Super Bowl. It's their Super you Bowl. You win that, you have a chance. Have a chance. You're going to play two teams that you certainly can beat in the Bears and the Lions the week after that. And then what they're going to do is they're going to win out. And they're still not going to make the playoffs. And you go, Chris, you told us that we had a chance if we won out. Uh, so a big win for Seahawks. They looked a lot better than they have in the previous weeks here. Now, I, we want to remind everyone, Chris, that we are supported by Under Armour. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level, Amon. Yeah, everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies. That reflect energy. And I think I got one of those hoodies coming in oh, the mail. Oh, you do? Really? I think so. I do. Yep. Pete See, confirms. Pete says yes. So, okay. you know, we're not just about the end result, winning, or glory. Yeah, we're about getting free stuff and wearing it on this podcast. That's right. Under Armour is about the hard work, though, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The, the only, only way, way is through. through. That was good. Thank Just you. slid right into that. <laughs> well, yeah, the yeah, Pete yeah, we are, critiquing the last line. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't land the landing. We should have. The Russian judge gave us a nine point seven. Are we supposed to do the last line together? Is that like where we both come together and say I the whole thing? I think so. Yeah. The only way is, is through. through. We do right. the whole thing right. together. Right. Okay. Right. And All you right. make that fist like, like you did. <laughs> so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me make a fist and go yeah through. <laughs> I think um, we hit all the things we need to hit on the 49ers game. All right, yeah. I think so. Okay, okay. good. All right, I just want to make sure. I think you know. we did. We all spent right. a, a lot of time on the play always, you hadn't seen. I stress okay. out about this day. I know. This day is the most day. stressful day of the, the week for me. Because there's so much going on that you know happened, and you're in that room, and there's eight TVs that are on. Well, I just want to get the context right. I know I haven't seen everything. Right. You know, this afternoon starts my onslaught of trying to – catch up on some of the details and watch film and know exactly what happened but you know and the big trends you know so the trends, I know, of the what trends. You I know that you know but the, for me that's not always enough and the trend for the Buccaneers is it seems like you know now you're winning games you're just waiting to get to the playoffs they beat the Falcons maybe not as easily as some people would have thought yeah 30 to 17 right and part of it was because Tom Brady threw a pick six with like 20 seconds to go at that the was end of the big. first why right. were they even going for anything like I, what were they trying to do there? I, I think really what they were trying to do is like it's sure. like a gauge the temperature type play. But there was like 20 seconds or I something I think they like were going to though, let's throw a screen out to the left to Leonard Fournette. Let's see if he breaks it yeah. for 30 or 40 yards. And then we can make the decision of do we want to make one more aggressive pass down the field to set ourselves up for a field goal. Listen, at that point, nothing had slowed them down, really. You know, Brady had maybe missed a few passes uh, here and there, like that stops some drives. They, you know, the, the Atlanta got off the field once or twice, but I mean, they were having their way in the pass game. Yeah. I mean, they were doing whatever they want. I mean, literally, I mean, obviously Tampa said, 
forget trying to run the ball. We think we can throw the ball at will on these guys. And they went with that approach, you know, especially in the first half. I mean, the start of the game, I want to say, I don't think they ran the ball early on. It was so like their first drive was 13 plays. All passes, right? All passes. Right. Brady was 11 of 13. So yeah. you think they just identified this is the way we beat this team? I, I think so. I just think they said well, they, there's no way they can match up with us in our pass game. So let's do that. And they just didn't take advantage of all that was there to be had necessarily. Brady was pressured on just four of his 51 dropbacks per pro football focus. They couldn't get to him. So there's another reason, right? Good protection. Right. Uh, Now, Bruce Arians in the game or before the game did say about his run defense, no one can run on us. Yeah. We showed that on our Peacock show. And then we showed Cordero Patterson breaking a long run and Mike Davis breaking a 17-yard touchdown run. Right. Um, So, I mean – Maybe I guess teams maybe can figure out ways well, to run yeah. on them. Well, yeah, yeah, they found they found a way. You yeah. know, they took it again. as a challenge. They took it as a challenge. Now it wasn't consistent through the game. I think no. that one drive we can kind of that look at it. and go. That was the majority of their running. Right? Yeah, he would go. How about all the other drives? We go. That ruins our story. <laughs> yeah, right. We right. can't make fun of. We're you. not here for that. Yeah. No, we don't want to tell the whole story. But you know, ran the ball well enough to where they had to respect that. I think that's the first thing you'd look at. Yes. And, you know, again, like. Uh, they had the long drive. What would what I want to say? It was a long drive to kick the field goal, right? The 15-play, 72-yard drive. That was one of the drives of the game a little bit to me, in my opinion, where they kind of like kept themselves in it, let their defense rest a little bit. They ate up a lot of clock. Matt Ryan made some good plays on some third downs yeah. you know, to keep it going there. Uh, and, you know, the big thing is, like, on that drive, that was got down first and goal at the one. And what was it on second down? Matt Ryan fumbled the snap. Was it that one? Uh, I want to say it was. Maybe I'm wrong here. Yeah, second and one. He fumbles the snap. Then they get a third and three. They try to throw a pass to Cordell Patterson from the three-yard line. They don't get it, and they have to kick a field goal. You know, but, man, there was a chance there to go up 14-13 and really put Tampa in a tough spot who, like I said, had had their way, but – uh, you know, had floundered a little bit after you know two impressive drives to start the game. Yeah, and get I'm, Atlanta's five and seven. They stayed in they this game. They fight. I mean, they, 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 they should do. be proud of this year, right? I mean, I don't think a I lot think of people so. saw them in as many games as they have been, uh, winning as many games. But Tom Brady and those guys too much. Brady yeah. with three hundred and fifty yards passing and four or more touchdowns for the seventh time with the Bucks. All other Tampa Bay quarterbacks in team history previously had just eight of those games in 44 years. That's and Chris amazing. Sims had five of those. Ooh, wow. No, yeah, I was going to say, no, I did not. <laughs> no, that but that's amazing. great. I mean, that, I mean, just it's a different era for sure. Yeah. But incredible what Tom no, Brady has done. That's here. what they are. Their defense hasn't been as dominant. They're not there yet. They're not. Carlton Davis was back yesterday, so that's a good thing for them, definitely. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Brady again. Brady to Gronk, Brady to Chris Godwin. You know, those were tough combinations yesterday. Gronked inside the red zone, always a threat there. Godwin's so good at everything. You know, whether it's the short wide receiver game or catching the ball over the middle, you know, that's where they expose Atlanta. And you know, I don't know. I mean, again, Brady's probably in the leader house to be the MVP right now. I don't think Brady's the MVP in my opinion, but, like, wins and stats are going to be up there. And because Kyler Murray didn't play for a month, yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. Points yeah, bet so, does I mean, Brady's going to be the second-best team in football and probably have the most touchdown passes. And that, for whatever reason, has just become the baseline for MVP. Yeah. It goes like, Brady, to me, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 
and Patrick Mahomes are, wow, you're right. I mean, like, they're not going to get. To I, me, I, the MVP so far right now, if I had to nail it down, would be Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, it would be without a doubt. Without, nobody's more important to their team than Aaron Rodgers. Again, just doesn't matter. You see how average of an offense they are when he misses a game. Yeah. You know, they're not the same team. And he does so much for them at the line of scrimmage. His physical ability is still way greater than Tom Brady at this point. He makes more with less, for sure. You know, I know Valdez Scantling can run. He can run fast. It's still, it's, it's him and Devontae Adams, and who can we figure out can be the other guy for us this week? Mm-hmm. I, I would err on giving Rodgers the MVP right, right now. So the story yeah. right now is Tom Brady. Could be Aaron Rodgers as the season goes on, or it could be a non-quarterback. Could have been Derrick Henry. He's hurt. Jonathan Taylor. And the Colts crushed the Houston Texans 31 to nothing. the final score there. I think we have Jonathan Taylor's last 10 games. Uh, this is it right here, 23 touches per game. You see the scrimmage yards, 18 total touches, uh, touchdowns for him. And against Houston, 143 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he is rolling. No one can stop him. Houston Texans could not stop him. And Frank Wright is going to keep feeding him. So who knows? Maybe he could he, he be in could. the discussion. If they could go on a run here. You know, and, and you know, win games, and then him continue to put up like really impressive stats. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's a crazy thought. I mean, I think he needs to be in that conversation. He needs to have like a two hundred yard game, and maybe yeah. like another one. And the Colts need to w- win out. Yeah, and then no. I think he, I, I really think he could, he could be there. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't. I think it's still it's an up for grabs year. I think people see, too, what I was just kind of talking about with Brady as well. You know, I think you can kind of see and go, well, listen, you give me the top ten quarterbacks and you put them in Tampa Bay, I can promise you the results are going to be pretty similar. Hmm. It's fucking weapons everywhere with a good offensive line, a great system, a good running back. I mean, fuck, it's a quarterback dream come true down there. I mean, that's what it is. Now, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, as we could see, he's the MVP of this offense for sure. And uh, I, I am with you in the fact that I think he should be in that conversation. I think the Colts will make the playoffs at the end of the day. Hey, this was an ass whooping. What do you want to say? I mean, Tyrod Taylor throws an interception on the first play of the game. They get a touchdown. Texans go three and out. Colts get the ball, go right down the field. They miss a field goal, but never really lost control of the football game at any point. I mean, typical Houston, their defense kind of makes things uncomfortable. I, I respect their defense. Their offense is just so sucky-ducky that eventually the defense breaks down, and uh, you just saw the Colts kind of just beat them into submission slowly but surely. Taylor has 16 rushing touchdowns, ties a franchise record. Hall of Famer Lenny Moore in 1964, also with 16. He faced eight or more men in the box on 44% of his carries. That was the fifth highest rate. So they're trying to stop him. They still could not do it. Uh, and you mentioned you think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. You, I do. You think they're going to? I do. They're strong enough in this strong AFC <sighs> yep. to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's a strong AFC. I don't really know if it's a strong AFC. I feel like it's maybe not top heavy, but. It seems like there's a yeah, lot of I got teams you. that are good. Good. Right? Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Whether you want to say New England, Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, they yeah. are good. Problems. I don't know but... if I could say any of them are great yet. Right. You know, New England looks like it's on a path to being great here. We'll see if that continues tonight on Monday Night Football. Yes. If you told me the top seven teams in the, in the AFC right now, in the playoffs, I think we got the Patriots, the Titans, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the division winners. Then we got Buffalo, the Chargers, and the Bengals. All right? I I think if you made me choose, I would go the top seven teams are all those teams, except I would take the Chargers out and put the Colts in there. Mm. That would be the team I would look at. Now, the Colts got a bye week coming up this week, right? So they won't be playing. 
but I do think they're playoff caliber. To me, out of a lot of those teams we mentioned, and they are also they're built for the playoffs, a little like New England and Tennessee. Going to be able to play some defense, going to be able to control the clock and run the ball a little bit. Oh, you overplay it. We're good enough in the pass game to strike downfield when you overplay it. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I do look at it that way. Pete notes here, nine teams with a winning record in the AFC, just five in the NFC. So that speaks to the good, yeah, not necessarily great right. in the AFC. You know which team is great? The Detroit Lions. Ooh. They won their Super Bowl. Any game that they were to win this year would be the Super Bowl. And they are celebrating in Michigan because you got the Michigan Wolverines winning the Big Ten Championship. They're in the college football playoff. It was a great weekend for people from Michigan. Great weekend. And then you beat the Minnesota Vikings on the very last play. The first Lions win in almost a year, 364 days, 365 days in a year, right? So one day short of Ooh. one year, but that's okay. Uh, and, and here's the crazy thing. Amon Ross St. Brown was wide open on the last play of the game. Wide open. Yeah, how that, does that how does that happen? I, I mean, good little play design. Okay, from, was it was it a good play? It design? was, it okay. was, it was the proper play for the defense they played. What I would say with Minnesota is, I'm surprised, you know, and I think we heard Amon Ross St. Brown say this to Mike Florio when he talked about it. He was surprised that, you know, Minnesota was lined up with their DBs five yards into the end zone. I think that's the thing. What they really did is they had three receivers to the left, right, and the two inside receivers the tight end and the slot receiver they ran like posts down the middle right to kind of suck the coverage in that way and then the third guy kind of runs a sloppy post as well because now there's like uh, some room inside of them because the two guys on the inside post have pushed the coverage that way a little bit right and now it becomes down to 27 dancer almost being in a one-on-one scenario against him so he kind of just gets in front of them and Goff is just waiting for him to, as soon as he crosses his face, I'm going to throw it low and in front of him so he can just go down and get it and touchdown. And that's where it was the proper play. You know, kind of a, hey, this is, even though it's the, the Lions, it was kind of a fun game to watch. I mean, they made some. It was. They made they were some stupid. Early. They were up. Well, they were down early. Yeah, yeah. Go go for it on fourth and one on their own 41 to start the game. All right. So well, they, yeah. you know, they were down 6 nothing early in the football game. Uh-huh. That didn't help, but then they kind of controlled the football game for a while. They were up twenty to six at halftime. Twenty to six, and you're going, man, things things look good. And then lost control of the football yeah. game, and get down. I mean, Goff has a horrible interception. Uh-huh. Um, get down twenty three twenty one, and go for it on fourth and one in their own area. They right? were up twenty three. Oh, they were up twenty three twenty one. And that's where they went for it in they the had fourth. Four down. minutes yes. left. They right. go for it fourth and one. I don't and agree with Chris that Sims, one. Nineteen fifties coach does not like that. No. But as I said in that room, I go, hey, the Lions of old, they would have never gone for that. This is a changing culture. And Mike Tarico goes to me, he's like, well, maybe it's a worse culture. And I was like, then what we had before? I don't I was think like, so. That's scary to think. I about. like what the, I like. The, it's aggressive, right? It You're is being aggressive. aggressive. I don't know if I, I love. it. Whenever it doesn't work, you go, I like that they went for it, but I don't like the call. You know, uh, so yeah, like, I mean, listen, they've been burnt so many ways. He's trying to create some momentum and anything he can to just give his team advantage. I, I, I don't agree with that decision. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You're right. And Minnesota scored the touchdown with minute 50 left. And I was like, all right, I don't hate that because you still got a minute 50 here. No timeouts for the Lions. Right. And they go down 14 plays, 75 yards, and they score. Um, and they've been in a lot of games this year. I mean, I I mean, I'm a Lions fan, so I'm biased. But it feels like, even though they've just won their first game here in Week 13, it's like going into next year. I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but you're like, all right, there's got to be pieces here. 
to build for the future. I think Detroit. there is. I think there's the two big pieces I think are already starting to, you know, come into play here. You know, their O line has the potential, in my opinion, next year to be really dominant. Yeah. It does. Well, along with a TJ Hawkinson, right? You know, and hey, we like what DeAndre Swift has looked like all year at tailback. You know, so offensively, quarterback, and then need a like a legit number one receiver. They don't have a, they don't I don't even know if you can say they have a number two receiver. Right. They got a bunch of number threes. So that's where I'd look at that and go, they gotta change that on offense. But man, you got the dirty work done. The O line, good spot. D line, I think there's a lot of positives there too. Got a lot of big people up front, you know, got some pretty good edge guys. Maybe you want to find one more difference maker, pass rusher type. But I look at them and go, okay, yeah, they need a modern-day speed three-down linebacker probably. And, you know, again, they're going to have the kid from Ohio State back healthy, but they need another piece or two in the secondary. That would be the next thing. And I would think Aaron Glenn, defense coordinator, certainly recognizes that and knows they need to get, like, another semi-shutdown corner uh, so they can be the defense and run the defense they want to run. Right. This loss for Minnesota basically locked up the division for Green Bay. They have nine wins, Minnesota just five. I don't think you can't write – a lot of people will want to, but I don't think you can completely write off Minnesota from no. going on a run here. No. They've shown the, the ability to do that. I don't know about Adam Thielen. He hurt his ankle hurt or yeah. knee, right, right. And Delvin yeah. Cook already out, so that's yeah. a couple of huge weapons, so – so Thielen high ankle sprain, so that'll hurt. That so will that, hurt. I mean, that will make it very, very difficult for them to, to make a run here on out, and you lose to the Lions, and a lot of people think that should cancel your season immediately. Like, that should be it. <laughs> you should just go home, prepare for next year. Well, they barely the beat them the first time. I mean, it was a miracle, really, that Minnesota yeah, beat true. Detroit the first time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Good time now to put on your newspaper hat. Ooh, baby. Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai, and we begin... With the streaking Miami Dolphins, they win again. They just started the year late. They didn't know exactly when the year was starting, so they've just now they've started playing and they beat the Giants twenty to nine. Your headline for this game: Fins up Phillips. Ooh, fins up Phillips. Uh, Jalen Phillips, Jaylen right? Phillips. I mean, as you know, it was my, one of my favorite players in the draft, right? I mean, Kedgy nine 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 says Jalen Phillips playing like a top five pick. Good call on that one. So he had two sacks yesterday. He had six sacks in the last three games. Eight and a half for the season. That's a Dolphins rookie record. So Kedgy999 says, good job, Sims. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, he was my number one edge player. I mean, he's a freak show. I I think it will only get better. I really do. I would be shocked. But, you know, you said it. They found their mojo on the defensive side of the ball. They got healthier there. That's allowed them to do, you know, some of their crazy things. It wasn't pretty yesterday. It wasn't. No. I mean, really, the Giants controlled the early part of the football game and had a chance to – you know, kind of put a lead. I mean, really, Mike Glennon in one of the first drives of the game, he throws a bad interception and a double coverage. That was stupid, you know, but the Giants were controlling, go down, go up 3 nothing. But, you know, the Dolphins hung around, and they're just more talent. And then their defense, of course, just becomes a little bit overwhelming as the game goes on. So, I mean, between their defense and then, you know, they're a little bit better of a running team than they were. I'm not going to say they're a great running team. And – 
they found the way they want to play with Tua, as you've heard me explain. I mean, watch the game. Again, it's, it's a lot of different ways to throw the ball over the middle to Waddle and Gasecki. And then, hey, I got a one-on-one with Devontae Parker outside. I'll throw a fade jump ball. Let me see if he'll go get it. I'll throw, put some nice touch on it. They go get it. Uh, that's really what their offensive formula is, but it's working right now. Yeah, Tua's got four straight games with a 100 or better passer rating, the second longest streak in Dolphins history. Dan Marino did it six times in a row in his 84 MVP season. Yeah. So Tua's like Dan Marino. That's He's right. As well, good this as is Dan where Marino. like modern day stats are just stupid. What do you mean? What? Well, that was you know, a good again. Start. I mean, we showed his spray chart last week. He didn't throw a ball more than 14 yards down the field. I mean, not, he didn't throw one ball. Every ball was short, 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 dink and dunk, dink and dunk. But the, the passer rating's too dependent on, on completion percentage. Like, Dan Marino's 1984 six straight games was laser beam 40 yards down the middle, laser beam 30-yard out route, laser beam 60-yard go route, laser beam 40-yard crossing route, laser beam post for an 80-yard touchdown. Like, it's just, there's not even a fucking comparison there. That's why, like, the, some of the stats in the modern-day football are just stupid. All right. All yeah, right. how you like that so shit? not quite given Tua the credit yet. <laughs> I get the feeling here. No, Tua's Tua, – He's can played win well within Tua. that system. You, you can, can win with Tua. Is he like Jimmy Garoppolo? You can win with Jimmy? Kind of the same – I think he's actually got some things I like about him more than okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. I do. He's a better athlete. You know, I think he's actually a little bit more of a gifted thrower as far as, like, different – Different types of throws. I mean, you know, his arm, I think, is as strong as Garoppolo's. He has more throwing angles. And we saw yesterday a few throws, like, down the middle that were crossers and things. Where I mean, phenomenal touch and feel with his hand that I love about Tua. So you can win with him. It's just he's never going to be able to take over games like Rodgers or Allen or, or some of those great quarterbacks we talk about. Jim Dye writes in. He goes, damn, okay, New York Giants. Then he goes, dot, dot, dot. Just kidding. Uh, the Giants offense has 18 touchdowns this season. The same number as Jonathan Taylor. So they're neck and neck with Jonathan Taylor. That's good for the Giants. I don't think we need to take any time talking about the Giants. No, Sorry, well, no, there's, Sorry, there, there's, there, we've, we've discussed it enough. It's just it, it's hard. You know, again, it's disappointing, definitely. But you play the Giants. You don't really have to worry about stopping the run. And then, therefore, they get into a passing game, and they can't pass protect either. So it's like, oh, great. Hey, we can't do the other one, so we'll do the other one that we're really not good at either, and we'll do it even more. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's tough sliding on the offensive side of the ball for them. The Giants are saying right now, they're like, hey, guys, in the NFC East, we're supposed to all be bad together. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> we did it last year. We all agreed to do it again this year, but the other teams are not following along. Washington gets a huge win over the Raiders, 17-15, to 15, final second. So your headline for this one is? So hot. <laughs> Want to touch the Heineke? <laughs> Taylor Heineke does it. The magic. Billy Madison. I Billy mean, Madison uh, ripoff right there. Okay. Yeah. I know is. you haven't seen that movie. Whenever there's like a movie like that, like Billy right, Madison, right? I know the comments are going to be like, "How has this guy not seen that movie?" Yeah. yeah of course. How have you not exactly. seen that movie? Exactly. Pete's saying yes. that in my ear. This is right. What, this is my life. I go, "Hey, have you seen this movie?" And I go, "No." And then they go higher pitch. It's right. like five octaves higher than their normal voice. How have you not seen that movie? Yes, right. Exactly. exactly. That's yes. my whole life. Yeah. They're talking about Veronica Vaughn <laughs> in the movie because she's so hot. They uh, want to touch the Heine. Heine 
has completed 70% or more of his passes, four straight games, longest active streak in the NFL. He's thrown it around, not not necessarily that deep. That's okay. He almost did throw a pick six right at the end of this game, so he got a little lucky. But that's Taylor Heineke, a little bit lucky, pulling rabbits out of his rear. That is. It is. I mean, again, it seems to be kind of at his best in yeah. those like t- kind of like clutch situations. That's the one thing I give him respect for. Right. Yeah, dodged a bullet on that. You know, threw an interception earlier in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't his fault. Kind of got hit. The ball got tipped as he was throwing it. That ended up, you know, letting the uh, Raiders go down and, and kick the go-ahead field goal at the time with a little over the two minutes to go. But, you know, Washington, hey, again, they're going to be a pain in the butt as we go here just because you could see the defense is stingy. You know, yeah. Del Rio's gotten a lot better on that side of the ball. Without sweat. Without, without sweat. Chase Young. Yes, like, how is that happening? It kind of shakes my belief that players matter. Well, uh, yeah, I know. Right? You, you, should, you shouldn't. They still got Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen in the middle who are really good. Okay. They do. They got a pretty good secondary. And to me, where they didn't do sweat and Young justice early in the year, they put too much on them. And mm. you know, I've said this a few times. They were very simple early in the year. Our front four will just dominate. We'll be simple in the back. Cover two. Cover two. Cover three, man to man. The four, the front four will get there. Now they're doing. They're very versatile on defense, and have gotten a little more exotic. Into you can't just. I, I don't know what coverage we're going to get here. You know, you know they're going to blitz. They're going to drop one. They're doing more of that type of stuff. That's giving their guys a little bit of an advantage. So you take that, Ahmed. The defense playing that way, yeah. and then I think you look at they run the ball consistently every week right now. Yep. You know, not that it like kills you, but it's good enough. And Heineke makes a few pass plays. They're 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 I think going to be in this thing, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see where it goes. Then you got Brian Johnson in there signed Tuesday, the 22 year old off the practice squad of the Chicago Bears, 48 yard field goal to win it uh, for the Raiders. This is a disappointing loss. This has been a rough rough go for them. Tripod Two X says, "Why do we never know what Derek Carr we're going to see? Last week we got the Gunslinger Carr. This week we got check down Charlie." Is it defenses that are forcing that or yes. just who he is? Well, it's, it's the first off, the week before on Thanksgiving, it's, it's the dumb Cowboys playing man-to-man every play. So the Raiders have plays that do that. One thing I could tell you from the Gruden offense, I mean, we used to love when people play man-to-man. In fact, at the end of my time with Gruden, you couldn't get anybody to play man-to-man against Gruden. Nobody would play it because he had a million different ways to pick, cross, and he was going to get people open to where, I mean, we would go weeks without going, we haven't had man-to-man in five weeks, yeah. like like literally, like under five snaps of it. And I, the teams are reluctant to do that because they do have ways there. You know, Washington, no. They're only going to be like a little smattering of man-to-man. And they're going to play a lot of zone coverages where they pass people off, and that's where it becomes dink and dunk. And that's where, you know, one – you know, again, I, I'd like to go back and see the film, but yeah, they got to find ways to be more creative as far as getting bigger plays against zone. And at times, he can be a little too conservative against zone. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, instead of like maybe, hey, just the pocket's clean. Pat the ball one more time. You got a 20 yard in cut. Don't be so quick to just throw the check down to Renfro for the six yard gain or Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. You know, I think that's what people get frustrated by. Yeah, a little Derek Carr we can blame, certainly, but I think it's also. You know, the offense has got to lend itself to being a little more aggressive in those situations as well. He did show his arm strength on the last couple he of can plays launch of the it. game. I and know. The second to last one is I, I do think they should have called pass interference. They did. We saw a jersey pull. It was pretty clear right on Jones deep. And I know they don't like to call it at the end of a game, but, I mean, that definitely affected that play. It, it, it did. Well, the problem is, like what we said earlier on, 
If that was the first quarter, it gets called every time. Yes. If it was the second quarter or the third quarter, it's the start of the fourth quarter. It's still getting called. But now we're under two minutes, and all of a sudden, manslaughter's allowed in Let the secondary. Play. Let them play. Right. And, I, and that, that's where I think coaches get frustrated, and, of course, players do. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, try to run your fastest and adjust to a ball with somebody grabbing your shirt. Tell me how it works. You know, again, a lot of the times, too, people go, well, it didn't really affect them that much. And they want to go, what's like, how do you, of course it did. Yeah. You know, just because he's strong and he didn't look like he just like totally flailed and fell out of the way didn't mean it didn't affect him. And you're being pulled and he wants to go to his right to catch the ball. You're affecting the ability to do that. So, yes, that should have been pass interference. And that's again, goes into the referee problem we have in the NFL right now. But then you could see it from the defensive back's point of view where if they do call that, like he's been like trained to say like, all right, in the last couple of minutes, I can be a little more physical. No, with no the doubt. Guys. They and know. So, they know. You're right. And so you, I'm not blaming them. You can't really change, not. change it up on them last no. second. So Washington gets a win, though. That was ugly a defensive game. game ugly, there. ugly game, but, yep. uh, but they got the win. Win for Washington. And the final game that we're going to talk about today, Eagles get the win over the Jets. Your headline for that is? Ooh, uh, hold on. I got to pull that up. Okay. You can be my wingman anytime. I know that one. Top Gun. Yeah. Oh, look at him. Look at that guy right there. Gardner. The bombardier. Against the Jets. You think he did that on purpose? I I, I would think there had to be something like that, right? They had to be playing into that. I mean, he is hilarious. So here's the thing. Jalen Hurts is in trouble. Because wherever Gardner goes, fan bases fall in love with him, as they should. They should. He's a guy, high energy. You can tell he loves football, loves to win. Loves to make a statement. He's his own man. He has a mustache. And he goes out there, and he's slinging it around. I don't think he threw an incompletion for, what, the first however many plays. He was 8 for 8 early on with 125 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, first incompletion. Was on fire early. Didn't come until the end of the first half. So, hurts out ankle injury. Eagles offense doesn't miss a beat. They were playing the Jets, and so maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, well, yeah, it does. But, I, I mean, listen, the one thing I could tell you Gardner Minshew adds to that offense as compared to Jalen Hurts is you certainly can get more to the passing game with Gardner Minshew. Mm. You know, Jalen Hurts, is he's a little limited in his ability to dice people up from the pocket. That, that's a real thing. I'm not trying to be a hater. You know, he, of course, brings other strengths too. But, you know, the, the, uh, early on in the football game, man, the Eagles defense couldn't stop Zach Wilson and the Jets. You know, so that's where Gardner Minshew came in handy early on. You know, they, they weren't dominating the run game. I'm, I think they were getting some looks by the Jets' defense where they're going, wait, it's Gardner Minshew. He hasn't played a while. They're going to run the ball. We're not going to let them run it. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's make him prove it to, to us that he can beat us. And then, of course, he did, and he was on a fire early. So he really helped them out through the early part of the game where I think the Jets overplayed the run. And, of course, the Eagles' defense wasn't playing that well. Helped them keep pace to finally where they settled in. And, of course, the better team started to show itself, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. It was very strange. You wouldn't have picked this game as the game where both teams would score touchdowns on their first three possessions. That was very odd. It was, it was back and touchdown, forth. Touchdown, Definitely touchdown, wouldn't have that. No way. Um, so some positives for the Jets, even though they lose this yeah, game. Yeah, Zach Wilson looked really good. You I mean, liked it. I, I did. You know, again, you know, last week against Houston, I liked it. There was a, it was a shaky start early, but as the game went on, again, I'll sit here and tell you, some of his good plays, I sit there and went, whoa, what, that ball is flying out of his hand. Whoa, he's quick and can run. 
You know, and yesterday he made a few throws like that too where I went, damn, that was, you know, that was a special throw. That was a special play. Uh, you know, again, they're, they're not the greatest machine on offense right now, but I like the direction the Jets are going in. Okay. I do. And, again, battling yesterday, Eagles team who's you know, got a little mojo going right now, and we know they're one of the best running teams in football, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened in the second half. It's just they started to bludgeon them with the run game, and the Jets just couldn't get off the field or do anything, and, of course, their offense started to sputter out as, as we went along. Yeah, the Eagles are 6-7 and seven now. They are right in the mix of the playoffs in the NFC. And that does it for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. And then there was one. Oh, one baby. More game. game of the week here. Monday Night Football. Our friends over at Points Bet give Buffalo a slight edge. Yeah. Two and a half points. Think it's going to be a low-scoring game over under 41. Our good friend with a deep voice, Jay Croucher from Points Bet, talked to us about this game. He gave us the reasons for the slight edge for Buffalo home field advantage sure, there. Right. But you pushed back. You thought, I don't know. I think New England wins this game. I can understand Buffalo being favored. I do. Yeah, yeah I'm picking the Patriots to win 23-20. You know, one, Buffalo's one-dimensional offense. I mean, that scares me no matter who you're playing, let alone the New England Patriots. So that's, that's, that's a big deal. The fact that they don't have to worry about like a dynamic run game and they can overplay the pass. And Josh Allen, as you've heard me say a million times, Buffalo's offense is not that talented. New England's going to be able to match up with them as long as they can control Stephon Diggs. They're going to be able to control just about everybody else. Can they control Josh Allen? That's going to be the question because Allen's going to be ready tonight. He's going to be trying to make plays. I I mean, I just, you know, hey, it's Monday Night Football and it's a huge game and it's the New England Patriots. But I just don't think the one-dimensionalness of the of the um, Bills' offense is, is qu- favorable in this type of game, mm. let alone weather issues up in Buffalo. That doesn't favor the team that wants to throw the ball every play. And then you've heard me say this a few times. Defensively, you know, as far as the Bills against the Patriots, this to me, the Bills' defense is great. But these are one of the few teams that I don't think they match up well, well with. We saw it a little bit with, like, the Colts and the Titans. Can run the ball on them. They can run the ball on them. They're not real big up front, you know, and now they have to overplay the run. Tredavious White is out. You don't have great cover corners as is anyways, and now you, you know, like we saw with the Colts and the Titans, have a good enough pass game. It might not be the best in the football, but it's good enough to where you overplay the run to that extent. They're going to burn you with a few pass plays, and that's where I think I just come to I like the Patriots a little more. And this is a big game because Jay was telling us that whoever wins this game, as we sit here right now, Buffalo's a slight uh, favorite to win the division. Yeah. But whoever wins this game will be a heavy favorite to win the division. This yeah. one game, they play again later yes, on, but right. this one game yeah. will tell us who's the heavy favorite. No doubt about it. I think it will. This will tell us a lot, I think, going down the stretch here in, in the AFC in general. And, yeah, New England, if they can win a game like this on the road, the rookie quarterback, the team starting to believe, like, watch out. You know, again, uh, we'll see. I mean, you, who like, and uh, that's all I got to say on that game. But like, let's just big picture here. Like, mm-hmm. who's the best team in football to you right now? Best team in yeah. football. Are you going with the Cardinals as we discussed earlier a little bit? No, no. Who? I'd like to hear it. Who are you you going to go with the Patriots? No. You going to go with the Packers? No. The Bucks? No. Who are you going with? The- I think the Rams. You still think the Rams? I still think the Rams. You're going to go with the Rams. I, I think, it's not you know, a crazy thought. And I think, you know, here's the they went like, to a bad It was start. so easy for them right. early on. Sure. Who knows? Maybe it was really good for them. 
all those players, gut check time, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. It could be. Matt Stafford, if he can get, you know, back and it looks he looks like. I mean, I still think. I mean, I like I, Sean McVay. I don't know I that you're you. going to find a brighter coach no. than him out there. I don't they know. have the potential certainly to be the best team. I'm not going to argue with you there. Yeah, maybe. Are they, are they one, right now? Right, I want to see one more game of a little bit like just good, solid football before yeah. I start throwing them back in the mix there. But I, I know what you're saying. You're saying at their best, the Rams really pop to you this year. Yeah. Cardinals yeah. Cardinals are close. Cardinals right? are close, just... no doubt about it. If New England wins tonight, I'm going to put New England right up. You think up... New England's number one if oh, they win tonight? No, I'm not going to put them number one, oh. but I think they're right up there in the 2-3 category for sure. You know, Again, Green Bay, you know my thoughts there. They're really good. I don't know about their high-end talent, but they execute. They're efficient. They play a little bit of the old-school New England way where it's like, you know, we're going to be efficient, not mess the game up, and we think you'll mess up one time, and that'll give us the advantage. Yeah. And that's kind of what they do. You know, we know the Bucks. We talk about them. Uh-huh. You know, but, man, I – you know, the Bucks even yesterday, it's just – I know I said they controlled the game, and it's just – but there's parts of it where I just look at it and go, man, they're just not playing their best football yeah, right like They yet. could get in the playoffs, and they have a stinker. You're like, yeah, we kind of saw that. You kind of saw year. it. It's been a little – they've been, like, kind of begging for teams to beat them here lately. They yeah. kind of left the door open for Atlanta a little long yesterday. The Colts game, of course, we know that. I mean, the Colts outplayed them. Um, so, yeah, I just – I thought tonight's going to be interesting. I think it will tell us a lot about the NFL landscape and it, how real New England is. This is the first time New England's going into one of these big games expected to kind of win or show us something. Yeah. The Cowboys, the Bucks game earlier this year were kind of like – Oh, we hope they keep it close. Let's see what New England can do. Now we're all like, hey, you're fucking good. We think you should be – this game should be a field goal game. If not, you should win. Yes. And that, there's a different type of pressure there, too. A little more pressure. Yeah. Higher expectations already on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots once again. All right, that's it. We did it. We did it. And now you get to take a day off. Yeah. And you get to look at film the whole day and come yep. back on Wednesday and talk about it all with Paul. No doubt about it. We'll break it all down Wednesday. What the fuck happened podcast with Paul. We'll see if Big Phil's back in the lineup. I don't know, but we never know. I know I always have fun with you. Let's do it. All right, you the man. You want to just go all day and go into tomorrow and We've just keep been, it going? It feels like I've seen you nonstop for like 36 hours straight. I know. We'll try to wipe the smile off your face, okay? Because <laughs> you're not going to see me for a little bit of while. Clean my shoes, ready for you to kiss them once the Steelers win. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. I hope not. Certainly not. <laughs> all right, everybody, check out the Wednesday podcast. Continue to send in questions, anything you got out there that you want me to break down. Get it in now so I can get it on my radar and look it up on film, really watch it that way. But have a good week. Enjoy Monday Night Football. As always, Thanks to Under Armour for their sponsorship. Sponsorship. And that's peace out. Chris Sims unbutton. Ahmed Farid. Clap it Clap up. It up. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.